Welcome to PJ's Torah Corner. Today we're going over the daily Chumash, meaning the daily portion of the five books of Moses, with my friend MC. We're also going to mention Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Torah, and his explanation of some parts of this Torah portion. So, <clears throat> hope you all had some good Chagim, good Sukkot, good Rosh Hashanah, and good Yom Kippur, because we're back and we're ready to do it all over again. So, sit back. Relax and learn something. Take it away, MC. Thank you, PJ. Uh, so today's Torah reading is the second section of Parsha's Bereshis, the first Parsha in the Torah. Uh, up at this point, uh, the Torah has given a general account of God creating the heavens and the earth over the course of six days and then resting on the seventh. Having, gone, having given this account, the Torah no, now goes back to describe the sixth day in greater detail, focusing on the details of the creation of the first human being. Um, so as the Torah goes back into it, um, it uses a rather interesting word over here to describe God's creating here, uh, creating of the heavens and earth using the term hibar am in Hebrew. Rashi um, mentions how you could also read this word as behei bar am, that God created with the letter he, uh, meaning that the paradigm that God created the, the, the physical world with was the letter he in his four-letter name. Um, the idea being this of this paradigm that the hay has an opening at the bottom as well as an opening at the side. And just as in this world, a person has free choice to choose to, whether he wants whatever he wants to do, whether it's good choices or ultimately destructive choices. And he and the person is free to make those choices, even if that means that they're going to lead to them falling out the bottom, hence the opening at the bottom. However, even if a person were to make a bad decision, that opening at the side hints to the fact how a person can always turn themselves around and 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 repent from their ways and, and return to do to do to make better decisions. Um, so now it begins to describe God going through in greater detail. Um, it mentions how the the Torah mentions how the tree how despite the fact how trees and vegetation were already created on the third day nothing had actually sprouted on the earth. Uh, God had not made it that rain had fallen and there was no one to, to to work the ground. Rashi points out here how God had made it this way that he didn't want everything to have sprouted yet until there was human beings to be able to see God bring the rain so that they could be able to truly appreciate the rain and the blessing that rain brings upon the earth. And so they'll be able to pray to God and to be able to thank God for the rain. Um, so then God brings up a mist from the ground and, and soaks the, 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 the ground. Rashi compares this to how when a person makes dough, they, they, they soak the flour so they're able to knead it. Uh, God then forms from the dust of the ground uh, the first human being. Um, Rashi points out here the, the, when the, the word using here for formed actually has two yuds when normally it would have one, uh, hinting to two different formations, one in the formation of man when he was first created, and the second yod hinting to the future reformation of man when he re he's returned to his physical form in the, uh, the eventual resurrection of the dead in the time of Mashiach. Um, he also point, Rashi also cites two different opinions as to where the source of this dust of the ground came from. One being that God gathered it from the four corners of the earth, eventually bringing it together. Uh, the other being that the ground was taken from the place where the, the altar would be eventually built uh, on the Temple Mount when the temple would be built. Um, God then breathes uh, a soul into, into the man's nostrils and making him a living being. Now, Rashi points out the word that 
the when they say living being here, the way it's it, it's exactly phrased is meant to hint to a higher level of living than just an animal. Specifically, the 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 faculty of speech and the power to be able to speak. Um, the the Aramaic translation actually uses the term ruach mamala, a spirit of speech, really really hinting the fact that th that what really differentiates man from the animals is really this ability to be able to speak. Um, then God then plants a garden to the east of a land called Eden, Eden. Um, and that's where he settles uh, the, the man who he just created. Um, he then puts all sorts of trees so that, and all manners of food for the, for the, for the man to eat uh, and plants in the center of a garden, a tree of life and a tree of knowledge from good and evil. Uh, the Torah then goes to describe the river that flows through Eden to water the garden, uh, where it then divides into four separate rivers. Um, the Pishon, which Rashi identifies to be the Nile, um, the Gihon, the Chidekel, and the Pras, which Rashi identifies as the Euphrates. Um, it then mentions how God leads, leads the man to, uh, to the garden to become the one to guard it and to cultivate it. Uh, it. It also uses the word to take, but Rashi explains that really because man is a thinking being, it's not that God just picked him up and put him in the garden. God led him there gently with kind words to really, to, to really to speak to his reason to, to lead him there of his own free will. Um, God then instructed him, telling him that he could eat freely from all the from all the trees, except from the fruit from the tree of knowledge, since that would lead to man to lead to him dying. Uh, God then states that man is it's better that man not be alone, and that he will make for him a companion. Now the Hebrew uses here for the companion to compliment him is ezer kenegdo, a helpmate uh, to compliment him. Literally, kenegdo is against him. Um, Rashi points out the fact how you can you can learn from here that. When, if, if, a per, if a person's worthy and they're really with the right person, then they're really that, that person is a helpmate. They're able to accomplish so much more when they're together. But if they're not, if that person doesn't merit to, and they're really, they aren't people that are meant to be together, then ultimately there, it'll be against each other. It'll be, it'll be strife between them. Uh, an observation I found that was sort of interesting from the Hasidic master, um, the Meashi Loach, uh, Rav Mordechai Liner of Izbitza, about this phrase uh, against it, Kenegdo, uh, that there's also kind of a good aspect to it, that just like when there are two study partners that that balance their ideas of each other and they challenge each other's ideas and ultimately that comes to them understanding things better and ultimately being better off for it. Um, when a person has a partner, there needs to be a certain pushback. There's not, if they can't, if, if people, two people just ultimately just say yes without any sort of challenge and they don't really get anywhere, then if there is some sort of back and forth. So I think there's also, there's, a, there's kind of a deeper idea to that. Um, God then, having formed all the various animals and the birds, then leads them towards the first man to have him give them a name. And that is where we end off with today's section. So question time. All right, MC, why do you think the Torah goes back to describe the sixth day in greater detail after it's already described creation? Um, it's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure, but I believe it's really ultimately the 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 emphasis is about is about about the human is about humanity. Um, so I think um, as far as why go through a full a full like the full sequence and then go back, I, I can't really say for sure. Um, hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of depth to it, um, but as for why, I, it's it's hard to say. 
Really? It's like, I, here's I, the map, let's zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? I know this is a, I know this is a topic that, um, what's the name of the book? Um, Rav Soloveitchik's um, Lonely, Lonely Man of God. He, he, he goes and he delves into this a little bit. He teases out some ideas about, the, about what these two different accounts of creation can tell us. Um, and I'm sure there are, pl- there are plenty of commentators that, that, that explore this, but uh, I, as far as I, I'm not really sure. Huh, interesting. Lonely Man of Faith. Sorry, that's the name of the book. Yeah, I think what you say makes sense, though, or uh, your point about the the crux of it really being about humanity ultimately and zooming in on on humanity's day. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> oh, the other thing that I was wondering is, what do you think is the significance? Because you, you mentioned what Rashi says, but it it feels like there's something deeper there. That the significance of Hashem. Hashem, God leading man to the garden with kind words so that he can use his free will in order to get there. Um, that's a good point. I mean, the R- Rashi picks up on the fact, yeah, because he, because God, because the, the, the Torah uses this word, God took, he took man into the garden. And, and Rashi finds, he, I guess he finds a little strange idea that, that we're talking about a, like a, a, you know, an intelligent being, God just, I guess Rashi sort of finds it a little difficult that he's, that God would just pick, pick up a, pick, pick up like a, a man, just put him there. Um, as far as like really the idea behind it, as, as you're, as you're saying, um, I think really ultimately when, 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 when God creates man, you know, God, God wants to have a relationship with, with man. There's, there's, there's more to it than just, not, there's, there's more to it than God just made. God, God wants to be able to have the, this this kind of close relationship, which is, I mean, why why man is is, is different. God, you know, it, there's a piece. Of, I mean, man is a combination of, of of heaven and earth. Of like, a, there's there's it's made up from the ground, but then also a piece of God is breathed in, is breathed into him. I mean, the fact that God didn't even you know water the water the earth and make the plants start sprouting until he was going to start creating creating man on the sixth day really kind of shows that this is this is all for his this is all for for man for for mankind's sake um hmm. i i think i think yeah it, it's god wants to have this very kind of jet this this um this this kind of this not no this um what's the word i'm looking for not master and slave, but oh, sorry, I, I might be interposing on top of you. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Um, oh, I, I was wondering if it was if you were if you were uh, like making the point that it's not supposed to be like a master and slave type thing. But um, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, certainly there are aspects of of, a, of of our relationship with God that are more like a master and a servant, but there are also elements that are like you said that are not. It's not entirely a master slave relationship. There's also an there there's 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 more to it. It's more nuanced than that. I think it's it's really not a master-slave relationship. It's like it's uh, the, the way I think about it is kind of with Avinu Malkenu, right? That God mm-hmm. God is our heavenly Father, and He's also our King. So the, the ah. there there there's the servant and king, which is different than master and slave, I think. And then there's also father and son. I see. Yeah, I think you make a very good. I, I think that's a very good point there. Yeah. So ultimately. Right. This is we. G- g- God gave us free will. You know, we're we're not 
we we're we're not like an we're we're not like the animal we're not like an animal where we just only have our instinct to go up. And so, yeah, God God doesn't want to just pick us up and drop us. And he wants to he wants to talk he wanted to talk to the first man. He wanted to to lead him there gently because as I said it's like a like a there there's there's multiple aspects. It's not like a master and slave. I think it's very much like you said. Yeah, like the the way I saw it there was that it the way that that it describes Hashem there leading man to the garden with kind words so that he can utilize his intellectual faculty in, in order to get there. It, it sounds like it's the way that a father would treat a son, you know, leading the son, but at the same time, letting the son use his faculties, not just telling him, do this, do that, but really guiding, but not commanding, guiding and, mm. and not telling, you know? It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful the way you put it. Yeah. The father yeah. leading his son. Beautiful. And the kind words too, like instead of just any words, they're kind words. It really sounds like a father leading a son. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Must have been great to be out of, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Treated like a prince. Uh, oh wow. Thanks for your time, MC. This has been fun. Yeah, it's been great. All right. This has been PJ's Torah Corner. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.